morning, everybody. How you doing today? Okay, that's good. That's good. I know it's cold out there and you're warming up, but we are glad that you are with us today. Uh, hey, my favorite candy is called Mars and Murray, which is better known as M&M's. Back in the day, it was called Mars and Murray, and uh, I can see why they changed it to M&M's, right? In fact, my favorite candy from M&M's, as many of you well know, is peanut M&M's. Now, uh, thank you, thank you, thanks for being here. Um, the funny part is, when you think about M&M's, and you think about the way they make them, you probably think in your mind, well, here's what they do. They make the exact same number of M&M's in every color, don't they? They actually don't. When it comes to peanut M&M's, let me give you the breakdown. 23% of peanut M&M's that are made are blue. 23% are orange. 15% are green. 15% are yellow. 12% are red. 12% are brown. And if you go and you look at the other M&M's that they make, it's, always, it's all like that. It's not the same numbers. It just depends on what brand or what product that they are making. But it's different for every single one of them. Now, you look at this container right here, and what I want to do is kind of use those percentages as we think about our lives and, and how we spend our time, okay? Now, what I have done is I have pulled sleep out of the 168 hours you and I have uh, available to us every single week. There's no sleep in this container. Now, I know every single one of us sleeps eight hours a night, right? Seven days a week. So I pulled out 56 hours. So what's left for us are 112 hours of awake time. But how do we spend our time while we are awake? Well, this week on our Journey Facebook page, I asked you to give me some feedback. I said, how much do you work? Now, when you look at your work life, how much do you work? Whether that's in an office, at home, uh, how much work do you do you're not supposed to be doing? You know, that work, uh, sitting watching TV, uh, right before you go to bed, laying in the bed. Uh, and then throw your commute in there, because I know the commute, I, I count that as work, because that's, <laughs> that's work just to get someplace, right? What does that look like? Well, in the end, what you told me was there was about an average of 60 hours per week that people in this area spend working. And that's a ton. I work six hours a week, and I thought that was a lot. <laughs> you guys ten-timed me in that. But if we think about our work week, right, and we talk about 112 hours, we talk about 60 hours, that's about 55% of our time. So the orange and blue M&Ms that are in here, this is our work life. But there's other parts to our life. There are relationships, and that's the green and red that we see right here. Relationships are dating relationships, friends, kids, uh, your spouse. Just any kind of relationship falls into that next sphere there. And I, I said that's about 25% of our, our time. And then the last little bit here, the yellow and brown is everything else. Uh, it's watching TV. It's our hobbies. It's napping. I Showed my wife this last night. She said, oh, did you do those colors because that's how much time you spend in the bathroom every week. And <laughs> that is true. My wife said that. So that's her joke, not mine. But <laughs> there might be some truth to that. I'm not real sure. Anyway, you look at this and we live our lives. Sorry if I offended some of you with that joke. But anyway, <laughs> we live our lives totally out of balance. And like trying to find balance is sort of this holy grail we're searching for, right? We, we want to be able to find it. We're, we're looking for it. We want to grasp it so we can maybe take a little breath every once in a while so we can find some rest. And yet it, 
it seems it's so hard for us to do. But this isn't new, by the way. In fact, if we go look in Scripture, we find that Jesus and his disciples struggled with balance too. We're going to spend all of our time today looking at Mark chapter 6. There's a couple of events that take place together. And we can really tell that the balance has been difficult from the time even of Jesus. Mark 6 is where we're going to spend our time. Mark 6, starting with verse 7, it says this. And he called his 12 disciples together and began sending them out two by two, giving them authority to cast out evil spirits. He told them to take nothing for their journey except a walking stick. No food, no traveler's bag, no money. He allowed them to wear sandals, but not to take a change of clothes. So here's Jesus, and he goes to his disciples, his 12 disciples, said, I'm going to send you out on this trip. It's going to be a business trip. And when you and I, we think about business trips, you're probably thinking about expense accounts and hotel rewards and steak dinners every night. That's not what Jesus does here. He says, no food, no luggage, no cash, trust God. We, we read that, and I'm, I'm sure those disciples in that moment, as they hear these words from Jesus, are like, well, hold up a second. What, what do you mean? And they're probably getting stressed out because they're like, well, we can't take any cash. Jesus took our business cards, right? No credit cards. We can't take any clothes. That means I don't have any clean underwear for a few days. I can't take any food. And we're supposed to take this trip and do all these amazing things. And in it, we're supposed to trust God. I don't know how many of us would have been able to follow through with what Jesus asked of his disciples in that moment. Because we're so used to having all these things with us all the time. Well, what takes place here? Look at verse 12. So the disciples went out, telling everyone they met to repent of their sins and turn to God. And they cast out many demons and healed many sick people, anointing them with olive oil. So what do these disciples do? They listen to Jesus. They, they go out on this trip, and God uses them in incredible ways, in amazing ways. They have these awesome stories that they're able to tell as they go out and they help people in all these different ways that Jesus told them they would do that. Now move on down to verse 30. Boys are back in town from their trip, and then this one happens. It says, The apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, Let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. Disciples are back in town. They go to see Jesus, they probably do a debrief, probably do an AAR with Jesus so they can prep for the next one that they're going to go on. But, but as we, we see this right here, um, these guys, they're tired. They, they've had a hard, hard tour. They've gone out and done all these amazing things. They've got these incredible so, so, uh, stories, but but I bet physically their bodies are just worn out. Mentally, they're trying to kind of grasp where they are and kind of get back in the flow of normal life. Spiritually, there's like this, this energy that they have, but at the same time, they're just like, ah, I need a break. We need to rest. And that's what Jesus says. Let's go catch our breath and, and rest. But look at verse 33. But many people recognized them and saw them leaving, and people from many towns ran ahead along the shore and got there ahead of them. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. 
So he began teaching them many things. This event that takes place happens at the Sea of Galilee. And the place that Jesus and the disciples start in this boat to the place they're going to is about four miles across. Well, to get there, I mean, they would have probably gone at a leisurely pace because they're looking for some time away, some peace and quiet. Um, But if you were going to get there from the shore, from where they started to where they end up, it's about a 10-mile walk. I love what Mark says here. Mark says the people ran. They knew where Jesus and the disciples were going, so they ran to get there. 10 miles to get there to beat the boat at this next location. Jesus and the disciples get there, and what do they see? People. And what do they want? A break from people. And yet here are all these people that are right there in front of them, and, and they're waiting. There's more work to be done. Kind of like for many of us, right? We try to get away from work as best we can. We try to take a break, maybe even a vacation, and it's like work never goes anywhere. Work is always there. We can never get away from it. I can only imagine what these disciples and Jesus are feeling right here at this time. They are looking for a break. They are looking for rest, and they can't find it because there's more work to be done. Or so it seems, right? What does Jesus do? Jesus gets out of the boat like, hey, hold up. (laughs) We're off today. Sorry, day of rest. And it's not like there's five people there. There's thousands and thousands of people. We're going to find this out in here in a second. But Jesus doesn't say that, right? Jesus doesn't say, hey, get away from us. We're taking a break. We don't have time for you. We would probably tell those people that. But not Jesus. It says he has compassion over them. And he begins to teach them. Verse 35. Late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. I try to remind you, and I do this myself, put yourself into the story. Because if I'm these disciples and I'm saying these words right here, I am not saying these with a lot of compassion and love, right? I'm probably yelling these at Jesus. I'm probably saying, Jesus, get rid of these people. Man, we need a break. We are tired of people. We are worn out from being around people. We just want to rest. Imagine that was kind of the conversation they're having here with Jesus. But there's a problem. It's late in the day. People haven't eaten. Uh, There are no restaurants that are open. Uh, There's no food trucks that are going to be pulling up at any moment to feed this large crowd. And what does Jesus say? Jesus says, hey, thanks for the feedback, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to feed them. Now, if you know the story a little bit, Jesus tells them, hey, go find me some bread. Well, the disciples aren't really happy about that. So they kind of do a little back and forth with Jesus. And Jesus like, well, this is what I need you to do. And so they finally relent. And they go and they find some bread. They, they find some fish. They come back to Jesus. Jesus is like, great, I can use this. And then Jesus says, hey, your work's not done. There's thousands of people here. Now I need you to put them in these orderly sections so that when we pass out the food, it'll be a whole lot easier for everybody. Here are these disciples that are looking for peace, quiet, rest. They just want to breathe. They probably just want to eat a little bit. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. We have more work that we need to do. Verse 41. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. 
A total of 5,000 men and their families were fed. In the end, we have thousands and thousands of people who were fed. Like the work never ended. Now, I know some of you, you see this passage right here. You're like, hey, look, Jesus kept working. Like he didn't stop. He, he didn't wait. He didn't say, hey, I got to take a break. Jesus kept working. But the last time I checked, you weren't Jesus, were you? And, and neither, neither am I. Verse 45, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and head across the lake to Bethsaida while he sent the people home. After telling everyone goodbye, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Look at that first word right there. It says immediately. Why does it say that? Jesus knew that rest was warranted. Jesus knew that his guys needed to take a break. And so that's what he tells him. He's like, hey, go and rest. And oh, by the way, I'm going to go up into the hills. I'm going to spend some time alone. And I am going to pray. That day started for those disciples thinking that their lives were pretty balanced, right? That they thought their work life was going to shrink. And yet by the end of the day, they have done more and more work. And that rest didn't come to much, much later. I'm guessing this story and these events probably resonate with many of us because we, we go through our lives trying to find some, some sort of balance between our work world and our relationships and our time for ourselves. But it's like this never-ending cycle. And sometimes it probably feels like and probably true that the reality is we just add more blue and orange M&Ms to the time that we have while we are awake. And trying to find this balance between these things is, is so hard for us to do. Well, what is it that gets us to this place, though? Why is it we struggle with this? Why, why is it that, that we are driven to live these lives that are so out of balance? Well, I think there's a few reasons. Let me share a few of those with you. The first one I would say is fear. FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. I think a lot of us, we, we struggle with fear. You know, I've got to keep up with everyone else. Or if I don't work harder, if I don't work longer hours, if I don't go on this trip, then I'm not going to get that promotion. I'm not going to get that pay increase. I'm not going to get that title. And so there's fear that drives us to live out of balance. I think another reason is guilt. I think guilt is a big one. How many of you feel guilty when you rest during the day? Yeah. I'm sure there are a few of us that deal with this. Your mind is worn out. Your body needs a break. Your soul is broken. And you need rest. But no matter how much you need that rest or you want that rest, you never take that rest. You wake up in the morning. And from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed, you feel like you have got to be productive. Like there's never these moments to just stop and breathe. I've got to finish this project. I've got to make this call. I've got to send that email. I can't have any empty spaces on my calendar. And so we struggle with this guilt that we have because we feel like we're not being productive. And so guilt drives some of us to live unbalanced lives. A great example of this and how fear and guilt kind of lead us to be unbalanced is um, businesses, companies a few years ago, some started offering unlimited vacation days. 
Uh, you know, their companies were set up at one point, like, hey, you can have 15 days, you can have 10 days, 20 days, whatever it is. But they decided, hey, we're going to give unlimited vacation times. You, you can take as many days off paid vacation days as you want. All we ask you to do is to make sure you get the work done. What those companies found, what researchers found as they've asked these companies who did that, they have found that people take less vacation than they did when they had a set amount for themselves every single year. Now, what would drive us when we have unlimited vacation days to work more and to take less vacation than when we were given a certain amount to, to use? Fear and guilt. Like, I don't want to lose my job because I'm taking too many days off, right? There's that fear piece or, hey, everyone else is working. I'm here on vacation. This is like my third week off and everybody else is working and, and maybe I should be working too. And so fear and guilt, man, they, they weigh heavy on us. And I believe they lead us to live in these lives that are so out of balance. But there's a couple of other things too. There's hiding. Uh, some of us work to hide. And most of the time it's hiding from someone or something. Maybe you work to hide from your spouse. Uh, that marriage is broken. Uh, there's tension in that relationship. There is no communication that's going on. And for you, it's like, man, I'll, I'll just add some more blue and orange M&Ms to my time because I don't want to go home. I don't want to be with them. I don't want to, I want to deal with that. For others, maybe you're hiding from your kids because uh, they wear you out and, um, you know, it's, it's tough to be around them all the time. Um, but it could also be there's a broken relationship there. And again, there's that tension that is there. And you figure, well, I'll just work more hours so I don't have to spend as much time with them. So maybe you're hiding from kids or other relationships. I think when we talk about hiding, though, probably the biggest reason many people work way more than they should is because we are hiding from our past. That there have been experiences, relationships, something in our past that we don't want to think about. We don't want to deal with. And at work, if our minds are moving all the time and we're not resting, then we're not going to think about the past. And so we work more because we know that if we take a break, if we rest, we don't have anything in our minds to kind of keep us moving. And so we start to think about the past and we start to think about those experiences. And, and all we want to do, we just want to hide from that. And so it could be that we, we work these imbalanced lives because we're hiding from our past, from relationships, from something or someone. But then the last reason I would say that many of us work in such a way that we live these unbalanced lives is we are superhuman, right? We look at ourselves and we think underneath this clothing, there is a superhero cape on that you can't see, and I can do it all. Like, I actually, I, I can do everything. And so give me more work, give me trip, more trips, give me more leadership, give me more projects because my to-do list, hey, it's big already, but you can keep adding on to it because I have the capabilities and I have the ability to do it all. And so some of us think we are superhuman. And when we think that, we end up living a life that is so unbalanced. So if we were to think about these four areas, and there, again, there could be more here. I'm just giving you four that I think kind of pop up quite a bit. Um, maybe, maybe for you, you fall into one of those four categories or all four of them, depending on, on who you are. But, but when it comes to that, and we begin to think about this life that we, we live, and when we work more and more, 
we find we have very little time for rest. Very little time for family, very little time away, very little time to enjoy our life, very little time for ourselves, very little time for God. Because what matters to you and to me are those blue and orange M&Ms and adding more and more to this container. As we think about that and as we think about this work that we do that we are so sold out to, and honestly, I think it's why so many people hate living here. I mean, if you think about it, this is actually a pretty incredible place to live with as much stuff that is so close to where we are. But, but the idea is if you're not working more and harder and longer hours, why are you even here, right? You're, you can't be productive if you're working less hours. You, you, you can't really uh, do the job you need to do. You need to work more and more hours. And so we live here in this place and we think to ourselves, well, maybe I'm not because of fear and guilt and maybe it's hiding or we're superhuman as so many people here think. And so we give so much of our, our time to our work and we forget that doing more work doesn't help us at all. In fact, uh, Tasha Urich, a psychologist and executive coach in her book Bankable Leadership wrote these words, we actually get stupider when we work too much. It's true, isn't it? And many of us have experienced that, many of us live that out, and yet we do nothing to change this, this imbalance that we have in, in our lives, which probably means, if this is true for you, you are tired right now. You are one, worn out. Um, you are probably burned out. And I'm guessing you're pretty frustrated with the job that you have. How do we fix this? How do we change this? How do we find some balance in our life? Well, let's start by a command that God gave to the Israelites in Exodus chapter 20. Starting with verse 8, it says, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. I want you to think about what's happening right here. The Israelites have been in slavery for over 400 years. And God comes in and is like, hey, we need to get you out of slavery. And so God leads them out of slavery. Now, that generation who's coming out of Egypt, they don't know what freedom is. Like, they have never experienced any kind of freedom. If you worked for the Egyptians, it meant that you worked every single day for the Egyptians. There was no rest. There was no break that was there. And so they're coming out of this environment, and God's like, okay, I got to teach you guys a new concept, and it's called rest. And by the way, here's how this works. On six days a week, you, you can work, but that seventh day, you, you need to stop. You need to take a breath. You need to rest. Well, over time, over the next few years and decades, religious leaders started to look at that particular command and said, what can we do to make this so people really understand what we're talking about here? And so they, they added these 39 activities that were prohibited on the Sabbath day. You couldn't farm, you couldn't cook, you couldn't clean your clothes, you couldn't hunt, you couldn't write, you couldn't build. And the list kept going on and on. 39 things you were forbidden to do. In fact, on Sabbath day, you could only walk up to two-thirds of a mile. Now, why would they throw this in there? Why, why would they say, here's what God said, and here's some things that you should do to stay away from, from working on the Sabbath day? Well, it's, it's pretty simple. It gave them time to rest. It gave them time to remember what God had told them. It also gave them time for themselves. 
It gave them time for relationships with family and friends that were less than two-thirds of a mile away. <laughs> and it gave them more time for God. God says, you need to take a break. You need to rest because that's pretty important for who you are. How do we do that? How do we find times to breathe and, and to rest and to find some balance? Well, let me leave you with a few ideas this morning. The first thing I would say is build rest into your calendar. Build rest into your calendar. If you have a job, and if you, even if you're a stay-at-home parent, I'm betting your, your days are pretty well planned out. Because we are schedule freaks, aren't we? We schedule stuff all the time to keep us moving, to keep us busy. And if you were to pull out your phone right now and you were to look at it, it's probably got every color palette you could think of on there. Because every color means something different in our lives. Here's work, here's a meeting, here's time away with, you know, doing this event and this activity. I mean, we, we love to build our calendars and to have them full. And if you were to look at your calendar right now, especially when it came to work, you'd find meetings, you'd find admin work, you'd probably find trips in there and goals and project due dates and phone calls. And then you find events, right, outside of work, um, home projects maybe that you've been working on for some time, and not to mention all the things that if you've got kids, all the things your kids are involved with. But how many of us build rest into our calendar? Very few of us do. So here's an idea. Be proactive with your calendar. I mean, we already plan on everything else in our life, but, but do you plan time outside of your life? And again, I'm not talking about these things like taking your kids to practices, okay? doesn't count. I, I'm not talking about going to these events where your kids are involved or these things that you're still doing on, on your own. I, I'm talking about do, do you build rest into your calendar? If you're married or you're dating, do you build date time into your calendar? Do you build time with your kids that's not that activity they're involved with? Do you schedule time with friends or reading or, or just stopping and, and catching your breath for a little bit? And you may think to yourself, well, why do I need to do that, right? I mean, everything else in my life is scheduled. I don't need to schedule that. But here's what I know. If we have it on our calendar, we do it, don't we? So if we put something on our calendar for work or for some event we're a part of, some activity, we make it happen. I bet if you and I scheduled rest into our calendar, you know what we do? We would make it happen like everything else. So build some rest into your schedule. The second thing I would say is unplug from work. Uh, technology, of course, has improved so much uh, over the last really 15 years. And in fact, I was watching a, a few uh, um, clips from some video of when Steve Jobs, 15 years ago, introduced the very first iPhone. And so he's up on, a, uh, on the stage, there's a big screen behind him, and he puts up a graphic of an iPod, and then a graphic of a phone, and then a, a graphic of what he called an internet communicator, which turns out to be Safari. But, um, but in that moment, after he put that up on the screen, the crowd's kind of going crazy. He's like, hey, by the way, this isn't three separate devices anymore. He's like, this is all one device. Now, as you can imagine, a bunch of Mac heads there. So they started screaming and hollering because it was the greatest thing in the world. And, and you know what? It kind of was. And we can thank people like Steve Jobs for making our lives so much better with technology and at the same time so much worse, right? Technology has made us accessible and available all the time. 
How much work do you do when you go on vacation? Like I'm supposed to be taking a break from this blue and orange, right? I'm supposed to be resting and, and yet they're sending a text message and they're shooting over a phone call and like, but I'm supposed to be on vacation and I can't vacation when you keep bothering me. But we don't say, hey, stop. We don't unplug from our work. We just continue to follow through like nothing's happening because we just don't know what balance looks like. Unplug from work. Turn off your phone and put it somewhere. Uh, but that also means turning off the haptics on, on your, your watch. Because even if your phone's turned off, that's still going to beep. Get, get rid of that. Get your laptop. Give it to your kid and say, go hide this until tomorrow morning. I don't want to see it, all right? Now, you may not see that laptop again, but maybe that's the best thing we need. <laughs> We've got to learn to unplug from our work. Third thing I would say is schedule some me time. Put some time in your calendar for... For yourself to rest relax and again I know some of you are like but I got little kids I get it find a moment I don't care if it's 10 minutes just just to breathe right schedule me time schedule time to read a book schedule time to nap schedule time to sit on your back porch and watch the birds or watch the traffic pass by work out whatever it is Kara and I we we know what we need for me time for carrots being outside uh, she loves to go for long walks. She loves to go for jogs. Um, she loves to do landscaping. I hate it because of the 10 summers I spent doing landscaping. She's like, I'm going to go do this. I'm like, great, go for it. I'll, I'll cook and clean the house. How's that sound? So we sometimes reverse roles. But, um, but I know that's what she needs. For me, me time's working out. What is it for you? Put it on your calendar. Because what did I say a little bit earlier? If you put it on your calendar, you're going to make it happen. And when we find me time, it helps alleviate stress. And we find me time, you know what it also does? It makes us better employees. And we find me time, oh, even better than that, it makes us better spouses and friends and parents and kids. Jesus did this, right? We go back to Mark 6, 46. After telling everyone goodbye, he, Jesus, went up into the hills by himself to pray. Why did Jesus do that? He knew the importance of taking some time for himself. And when we look at the life of Jesus, I've said this before, we see that he does this over and over and over again. Are you finding me time in your life? But there's another piece to what Jesus said, or what we read here about Jesus, right? It says he goes up in the hills by himself, but he goes up there to pray. Schedule God time. Because maybe our biggest issue, maybe the reason that so many of us are are so fully out of balance is that we're, we're focused on the wrong things. Maybe we need to begin to focus on God. Maybe we need to refocus on, on, on God, and we just haven't done that in, in some time. Schedule God time for yourself. Last week we invited you to jump in. I'm reading through the New Testament chronologically over the course of this year, and if you want to jump in, I think we have like 35, 36 people who have signed up so far. There's a QR code in the seat in front of you. Take a picture of that, and you can sign up through the link tree. We'd love to have you be a part of that. If you want to do it without that group, that's fine, too. It doesn't make any difference. Maybe you've already got something set up for yourself. But for me, it was like, okay, how can I, how can I be better at scheduling me time and, and keep me accountable to do that, too, right? Because if I know like 35, 36 people are doing this with me, I'm probably going to end up doing it. Um, but five days a week. We're reading one chapter or less as we walk through the New Testament chronologically. 
And we'd love to have you jump in on that. But for me, it was like, hey, here's a chance for me to schedule my God time, to be better at it than, than maybe I've been in the past. And so I know when that time is every single morning, again, five days a week, that I'm going to spend some time reading scripture, writing down some observations about what I'm reading, an application or two or thought that came from that, and then I'm going to spend some time in, in prayer. And it's like 15 minutes a day. But I know that that is so important to getting us back to this place of where we can live a life that is fully balanced. And in the end, I honestly believe spending that time with God can be the best thing that you and I can do to remind us of who God created us to be, but to also remind us that our lives they don't have to look like this. That we can begin to change and spend more time in those relationships, to spend more time for ourselves. And that really begins by scheduling our time with God. Let's just be honest. You, got, you know this, right? Like what I'm talking about today isn't something new. And by the way, here's what else you know. You know that you're going to give all this time, all these hours to the work that you do and one day, you're going to be done, you're going to be finished, and you're going to walk out that day, and they're going to take your little card, right, your key card, and what's going to happen the next day? There's going to be someone else in your position, and they're going to move on. Do you want to look back at your life and say, look how I wasted my life? Yeah, I get it. We got to work, right? And we got it sometimes to work long, hard hours but I truly believe we can get better at finding balance in our life. Do I think we can be fully balanced? No, I don't. Because work takes up such a big percentage of, of our time. But I believe we can find rest. Rest for ourselves. Rest with others. Importantly, more importantly, that rest in that relationship with God. And you and I can change that. And we can do that starting now. Well, what does your M&M container look like? Does it look like this? Does it look worse? Does it look better? Whatever it may be, are you taking the time to find rest so that God can do amazing things in you and through you in this world?